Hey guys, what's up? It's Faith from faithmariah.com. Welcome back to another episode of my Blogging Breakthroughs podcast. This episode was originally a Q&A that I recorded in my Blogging Breakthroughs Facebook group. I hope you enjoy it. If you have questions for me, please come join the Facebook group. I would love to have you in there. I'm here to support you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help answer any questions that you have. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hey, hi guys. Okay, I'm going to try and start going through these questions because I don't have a lot of time, but I wanted to make sure that I answered your guys' questions because there were some really good questions on here. Okay, Chrissy says, I need help with affiliate marketing or ads because I just launched my website. I want to know the right way to monetize at the beginning as I pray about what products or services I can offer my readers. Okay, Chrissy. (laughs) This is the thing about monetizing. Monetizing is really easy when you have an audience and really hard when you don't. So my first piece of advice to you is going to be to start growing, focus on growing your audience. Instead of focusing on monetizing right away and getting your monetization set up, focus on growing your audience. Focus on serving your audience. If you have engaged people that are following you, that care about what you're saying, and that resonate with you, it's easy to to sell things and to make money. Like making money is pretty easy, like once you have that. But you have to get the audience, otherwise you're just selling to no one. Does that make sense? So things like focusing on growing your email list, growing your social media out, um, growing your blog out, providing a lot of value. So a mistake I see a lot of people make is they try to monetize too soon. I think it'll serve you a lot better in the long run, right? This is what I was kind of talking about on one of my last live streams, you know, business is a long game. So, you know, you need to be looking like five years out and the way you can best serve yourself to be really successful in five years is to build that audience. Does that make sense? You need people that know, like, and trust you. You need people that, yeah, you've helped. You need to prove to people that you can solve their problem, right? You need to prove to people that, you have good information, that you have useful things that they need. And then when you sell things, people will buy it from you, right? Because they're like, oh, like this girl has already helped me so much, like, and she's recommending this thing, and like, of course I'm gonna buy it, you know, or she has a product or she has coaching, like, of course I'm gonna buy from her. But if you don't have that relationship with them, you know, it's gonna be hard to sell, and you just don't have the traffic. And a lot of the things, I do think like you're smart to think about affiliate marketing, like I think affiliate marketing is a good place to start, that's where I first started making like actual money, like one of my actual <laughs> chunks of revenue stream besides, you know, like $20 here and there. Um, before I had the traffic to really make money off of, off of ads, I was, my, my main chunk was like affiliate marketing and it still is. And it's a good way to learn how to sell, right? It's a good way for you to practice setting up an email funnel and, and sell an affiliate product. It's a good way for you to practice, you know, just selling, selling stuff. And then when you have your own products, you'll already know how to sell things. So I think affiliate marketing is good, but it's not as important as having your audience. So I think, I think in the beginning, it's really, really important to just focus on growing your audience and not worry about monetization. If no one is coming to your site and no one is on your email list, I mean, you're not gonna be leaving that much money on the table because there's not money to make right now. Does that make sense? So. You know, blogging is kind of a backward business structure compared to like the old school business model. So it used to be you would make a product, right? 
and then you would advertise and try to find people to buy your product. You're doing that piece now. You're trying to find people to buy your product first. Does that make sense? So you're building this audience of people to buy your product. And then once you have a product, you already have these people here to buy, right? But if you have a product or you're trying to sell something or you're trying to affiliate market and you don't have any people, I mean, you're not going to make, you're not leaving that much money on the table. You're just not because you're not going to sell anything anyway. So, you know, my advice to you is to focus on serving, focus on helping people, focus on growing your audience, right? Focus on getting in front of as many people, make useful things that will help people and then get in front of as many people as you can. <laughs> that's like, you know, that's what I would do if I were starting over. If I had to start over, I wouldn't even look at monetization probably like the first year because it's just, you just, not, I mean, it takes so much time and you're just not leaving that much money on the table because you're not going to make that much money anyway. So it's, it's that whole mentality of, of this is a long game. As far as affiliate marketing, I think, you know, it's really, really important that you only sell things that you stand behind. I only ever, ever, ever recommend things that I have used that I love, that I think are a great value, that I think can help people. I never recommend things, you know, just for the sake of affiliate marketing. So, and you need to ask yourself, like, who your avatar is and what problems do they have and what products could you put in front of them that would help them, right? And then almost any, almost any company, any service, anything nowadays has an affiliate marketing program so you know if there's a product that you really like reach out to them or Google a lot of times I'll just Google things that I'm using I'll be like you know da 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 affiliate marketing I'm an affiliate for um, this program called Scribd that's a good affiliate program if you guys are looking for affiliate programs it's called Scribd and it's like Netflix for audiobooks so it's seven dollars a month and you get unlimited audiobooks which for like a nerdy person like me is amazing because with Audible, you know, it's like $15 a month for like one book. And this way I can just listen to as many books as I want. And it's amazing, right? And I love that service. And I was using it like as a customer. And then I emailed them and I asked them if they had an affiliate program and they did. And now I make money, you know, as an affiliate for them because anytime I link books on my blog, I use, I usually use them because I think that's a great value to offer to my people. It's something I use and I love, you know, so stuff like that. Does that make sense? It's products that you use, that you love, that you think can help your readers. Never, ever, ever sell out your audience, ever. Don't be running around pandering, you know, like makeup. I see everybody selling like those FabFitFun boxes, you know, just don't chase dollars, right? Always come from a place of service. I'm, I'm always putting products in front of my people that I think can help them, right? That I use, they've helped me, they've changed my life, and I want to help you change your life too. And, you know, this is the way to do it. These are the products that I'm using. And it's always from a place of service. It's never from a place of, of chasing money. It, you always have to come from service because people can feel the difference from you. You guys know, like you guys know when you get on a webinar and someone's just trying to sell you something, right? And you, besides like the difference between someone getting on a webinar and actually trying to serve you and trying to teach you and trying to help you. Like, you know, people are very, very smart at being able to figure out when people are just shoving stuff down their throat. So you can never, ever, ever just recommend something just for the sake of getting an affiliate link in a post. It's just not worth it, right? Your brand and your word and your integrity are invaluable. You can't, you have to be like, you can't be bought, right? I can't be bought. You can't be bought like in your business because that 
the integrity that you have is the foundation that your business stands on. Does that make sense? So that's what I'll say about affiliate marketing. Um, yeah, but I, a good way to do it if you're wanting to get started is I, I'll just tell you quickly, you guys can go on Radical Transformation Project and see what I do. It's not a secret. And I would like encourage you to go on to other bloggers and like subscribe to their email funnels and look at their funnels. What are their, like, what are their welcome emails look like? What are their, you know, offers look like? But this is what I would do if I were just getting started. I would set up a, well, I would set up a funnel and I would do like two welcome, two welcome emails. So they get to know you, they know who you are, they know what you do. Um, whatever, whatever, where to follow you on social media, those things. The second email would be like a high value email. Here's something, some information that can help you just from a place of service. Here's some free things, right? Cause you're trying to build that relationship with them. And then maybe another high value email, like two or like, and then I would do like a two day break and then I would do like a special offer. And I've done this with affiliate marketing before where I'm like, if you sign up for this product and you email me your receipt, I'll give you these bonuses. You get this workshop and this workbook. You get a call with me. You get, you know, whatever. You get some kind of bonus. You know, I would only do a call with me if it was like a high value, like something like EBA, like a high value course or something. Um, but you can sell affiliate products the same way you sell your own products. Does that make sense? So bonuses, I mean, you can't, the thing with affiliate marketing is you can't usually run a sale, right? Because it's not your product. You, so like, on my products, I control the price. So I can run sales, I can do time-limited offers that way. You need to give people a reason a reason to buy. People need a reason to buy. And so time-sensitive offers work really well for this because it's like, here's your thing, you need to buy it, and you actually need to buy it right now, and here's why. Like Because if you buy it right now, you get it at a discount. But with affiliate marketing, you can't give that discount. So I use bonuses as my time-limited offer. Does that make sense? So it's like, you know, if you buy in the next two days or whatever, that's your, you decide your offer is, um, forward me a receipt. This is like kind of annoying because you have to do this by hand, but that it's the same thing as like, you know, when I have my own products, it's really easy for me to attach my bonuses with the product. But if I'm selling someone else's product and I'm doing affiliate marketing, I have to, um, like manually distribute the bonuses. Does that make sense? So yeah, I would just give them like, if you buy within these two days, forward me your receipt, I'm gonna give you these bonuses, and then I just have a template email with the bonuses attached or the links for them to download, and everyone that sends me the receipt, I just forward them their, you know, the template email and thank them for buying and give them their bonuses. But that's how I sell affiliate, affiliate um, products. I think also a lot of people, when they first get started, think they're gonna make a lot of money from affiliate marketing with links on your blog. You have to have a lot of traffic for that to be profitable. People do that, but they have a lot of traffic. So when you're starting out, that's why everyone's like, you know, always shoving like build your email list down your throat because you're gonna sell a lot more on your email list than you do off the links on your blogs. I sell, I don't, I don't know what the conversion rate is, but I would guess twice as much off of my email list than I do off of people just coming to the blog. Because with the email list, I'm able to build a relationship with people. And I'm willing there, they get to know me, right? And they, I provide them value and I give them free things. Um, with the blog, it's just like, you know, they're just kind of hopping in and out. Like they're just surfing around. And so they're not necessarily don't feel that like no like and trust factor for you to buy things that you're recommending. Unless, you know, you have a really high value article. It depends what you're selling. 
But in general, I think it's really smart to focus on growing your email list and selling off of your email list. Um, there's a company I love using their products and I believe my audience would really enjoy it as well. I've emailed the company about an affiliate program, but they never respond. How can I encourage them to begin an affiliate program? This is a company local to my state. Um, I, don't, I mean, you can just email a customer service and ask them if they don't have one, you know, just follow up with them even in a few months and see if maybe they start one. See if there's a company like similar to that. Is there someone else? You know, sometimes I'll do that. Like I'll be like, if there's something I want to offer, I'll look around at different companies and figure out um, which one I think is better for my audience, which one has a better affiliate program, and which one I think is a good fit for my audience and for my business. So look and see if there's maybe an alternative. But if they don't want to have an affiliate program at the end of the day, like you can't make them have an affiliate program. They might not ever have an affiliate program. Like that's just the reality of it. So start looking for alternatives, either something similar, a different company, or just look for different products, right? And, and it's kind of like as you're going through your life, just keep an eye on like what you're using, what you might want to recommend to your readers, right? And that's just kind of how I do it. I just like end up recommending things, like that book thing was just like, you know, a program that I just was using. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of how I find my affiliate stuff, right? Um, let's see. Or like you guys, I, I recommend to you guys affiliate links sometimes, but it's stuff like I'm using on my blog, right? That, I, that is working, that I'm getting results for. And then I'm like, hey, here's this thing, like, you know, if you guys want it. And that's kind of my whole vibe with like selling. So that's what I'll say about, about that. Um, affiliate banner and out of my site. So Chrissy, and yeah, so you, she goes on to, to, we were doing like a back and forth in the comments. And one of her, questions you know she says please let me know what you think of an affiliate banner and ad on my site and like yeah you can do that but if you don't have traffic I mean a conversion rate on an ad like is probably I would guess like less than one percent you know a good email opt-in is like two percent or less of people so it's like you need traffic to make all this work like a lot of the reasons people don't make money is they don't have enough traffic like straight up, like sometimes people flounder in like monetization, like they don't have the right product or they don't have the right thing. I think I'm kind of in that phase where I'm like still trying to figure out, you know, what all my product line is going to be and building things out and, and making my own stuff. But most of the time it's like, because you don't have enough traffic. If you have traffic, you can sell an affiliate product. I mean, it's not, it's not hard to make money once you have traffic. But my point is like, you can stick a banner on there but if a conversion rate for an ad is less than 1% and you only have, I don't know, like a hundred, a couple hundred people coming to your site a day, it's like, you're not going to make a lot of money off of that. Right. So that's just kind of my, my mentality is always like build your audience and then monetize, right? Spend the time building the audience. If you don't have the audience, you're just selling to no one. You know what I mean? It's like, you got to have a lot of people. You traffic is important. Traffic is important. Numbers are important. You need people coming to read your stuff, right? You need to make high quality, useful things that can help people. And then you need to get it in front of a lot of people. And that's how you'll kind of start to be able to, to make more money. Okay. Let me see what the next question is. Um, okay. Oh, I love this. Okay. Do you prefer Instagram or Twitter? I'm already working through Jennifer Waker's PLP. So I'm debating which platform to focus on next. Thanks. Okay. So Pinterest, I consider a search engine. So I kind of divide these medias up into two different sections in my mind. And I put Pinterest and Google over here in search engine. This is for traffic. 
and then I have social media over here and this is for building relationships. Social media is for being social. It's not for getting traffic. So if you're going to try to be on social media to get more traffic to your site, it is not going to work. You are not going to be able to get hundreds of thousands of page views every month from Facebook. You're not going to be able to get hundreds of thousands of page views every month from Instagram. You might get some people here and there, but you need numbers. You need traffic, right? And to get that kind of traffic, you've got to be in those search engines. That being said, I love social media. You guys probably, like some of you probably follow me on social media. I'm all over the internet, right? I love being social. I love talking about things on the internet. I'm all over the internet, right? So I'm not saying like, don't do social media, but be aware of what is, if it's a good use of your time, right? And so I think I really like Instagram. I have a podcast. I think I linked it in the comments. I have a podcast called Instagram for bloggers. I think Instagram is a great platform for you to get started doing video. Instagram is such a powerful tool for building a relationship with your audience because you have your phone with you all the time. You pick up your phone, you talk into it, you tell your people something useful, you hit send, you upload it. It takes you two seconds and they have video content from you. They can see you talking, see your voice, like, you know, see your face, see your voice, hear your voice, see your face, see you, right? And then, and, and you can give them valuable content. You just tell them something helpful, <laughs> right? And then you just upload it. And it, but it, I love it because video content is super powerful, but you don't have to edit video. You don't have to upload stuff onto your computer and edit it and put it all together and upload it. It's just on your phone. It's just like, it takes you like no time at all to be on Instagram. So I love Instagram stories because I think that's a great way for your audience. My people that follow me on Instagram stories, I have hundreds of people on there that watch me on Instagram stories every day and they feel like they know me. I mean, they do kind of know me, right? They know like, you what my dog looks like. They know, you know, when I'm sick, they know when I'm traveling, they know my parents, like, you know what I mean? It's like, they, um, are like my ride or die core people. You know what I mean? So they connect with me in a totally different way. And I like, love them. I like feel really connected to them and I message them all the time on there and it's really fun, but it's community building. Does that make sense? I'm not getting page views from that. You know, I'm building this little community of people like you know that I'm connected to online and I think community is really powerful right and I want someday to be an author I want someday to have like a massive podcast I want to do I have all these like big goals right and I need community I need people that will support me and help me right and I'm not doing it like just so I can get something out of it obviously but I'm saying like if those are your goals you need to realize like the value of community and social media is how you build community on the internet so I think Instagram is good um, I've never been on Twitter. I don't like have any desire to go on Twitter, but I think you can, I mean, there's definitely people that have big followings on Twitter, but I just don't feel like it's as powerful because it doesn't have the video component. So I like Instagram because it has the video component and the Instagram story thing I think is super, super powerful. And it's super like, Instagram is still really new. You can get in there and like get people following you. You know what I mean? And so it's a good time right now to be on Instagram. It's kind of like now is the time to be on Instagram, right? Um, it's going to be pay to play, which is how Facebook, like how Facebook is. Like you have to pay to get your stuff in front of your audience now on Facebook. Instagram will move to that. Facebook owns Instagram. Like Instagram will move to that probably in the next year or so. But right now it's free. You can just get your stuff in front of as many people as you can for free, which is crazy. Like people are going to look back on this time and be like, holy cow, like, you know, what a crazy opportunity those people had. So, you know, it's go time on Instagram. It's great, like timing. If that feels aligned, this is the same thing as like what I always say, right? If it feels aligned to you and what you want to do, 
If you hate Instagram and you don't like doing it, people are not going to want to follow you on there. No one wants to follow someone on Instagram that doesn't like Instagram, right? You need to be excited about what you're talking about and the platform you're on and what you're doing. So, you know, what feels more aligned to you. So I don't think Twitter is as powerful because it doesn't have a video component and it doesn't have, from what I can tell, like a real community component to it. And I think it's kind of, I don't know if it's dying out. I'm sure there's lots of people on there. I mean, it also depends on your audience, right? I know there's like tons of like, um, like journalism and politics and stuff and all that stuff and news related stuff happens on Twitter. So it could be depending on your niche really useful. But for me, I'm like, I don't have any desire to be on Twitter. So I don't really know because I've never been on there. But I also love Facebook groups. I think there was another question on here about Facebook groups. But I think, okay, yeah, yeah. I haven't considered a Facebook group. Could you talk more about the time commitment and how you encourage people to interact in the group so it's not boring? This is what I love about Facebook groups. I have a group, right? I think my group is like 3,000 right now for my mental health group. But they provide value to each other, right? Like they go in there and give each other advice. They go in there and connect with each other. So I've created the container for them, but they're making the content for the most part, right? The the reason people are going on there is not to connect with me. I'm not going in there and coaching people individually. Like I don't have to, you guys know, like I don't have time for that, <laughs> but I created this container for them and they can connect with each other and they can support each other and they can give each other advice and they can network. And so they're creating content basically for me, right? They're, I'm, it's a community, right? So I just really like that about Facebook groups. It does take time to get off of the ground. And, you know, I schedule, I've been trying to schedule more posts in there for a long time. I didn't do anything with my Facebook group. I just let it sit there. Like, you know, and I have a podcast episode about this. Like, I think it's called like how to half-ass your way to success. I mean, I half-ass my way with that Facebook group. I set it up. I put it in my email funnel and I let it sit there. <laughs> it's like, and it grew, right? It's been growing this whole time over the last couple of years. And now I have a Facebook group that's really engaged that has thousands of people in it. You know, and now I'm starting to kind of take more initiative and show up there as a leader and do more with it. I would like to do more with it. Does that make sense? So I think it can be a really good way to provide value. Like that Facebook group is really valuable to my readers because they can connect with other people that are going through mental health things, that have good advice, that understand what they're going through, that they can support each other, right? And that's a great way for me to provide value to my community without me really having to do, do that much, like to be honest with you. So I hope that makes sense. But I really like my Facebook group. I think it's like really, I feel really good about it because I feel like it's supported a lot of people. People find it useful. People get a lot of value out of it. You know, I, I really like it. So that's kind of my thoughts on social media. Hey, guys. Oh, cool. I see you guys talking to me on here. Okay. Let me know if you guys have any questions. I'm going to try and go through these on my phone. I have a cold, so I'm a little bit low energy. So please just bear with me. <laughs> I'm doing my best, you know. Okay, Arlen's asking about Tailwind Tribes. I have not had any success with Tailwind Tribes. And I stopped using them. And I don't think they're worth it. They also started costing like more money. And I was like, I'm not going to pay for this like thing. I'm not getting results from. So I just quit using it. So I think when it first came out, I had like a free, I was like in the beta thing. And it was like cheap or free. And then once they started charging for it, I was like, no. But the thing with like, the thing with Tailwind Tribes I was finding was that people were pinning my pins onto low quality boards on Pinterest. People were pinning my stuff in with other spam and it just wasn't a good 
it wasn't helping my account at all. I think it could be useful if you have a brand new account, if you don't have any followers, you don't have any group boards, you could try Tailwind Tribes. I don't know. I've never had any success with it, but I haven't like extensively tried that hard, right? Because by the time Tailwind Tribes came out, um, Pinterest is my largest platform. So I, I had like, you know, probably 20,000 followers on there at that time. So I don't need to be leveraging all of these other people's little tiny audiences. Does that make sense? Because a lot of people on Tailwind Tribes don't have big audiences. They have little tiny audiences. So it's like, why am I going to be, you know, exchanging pins with these people that have tiny little audiences when I can just pin to my own audience and I have a bigger audience than most of the people on there. That doesn't sound like an asshole, but that's just the, like how I felt about it. <laughs> but I just didn't get results from it. I did get results from group boards. That's how I built my account. And people will tell, people love to go around and tell you like group boards are dead, blah, blah, blah. They don't work anymore. And it's true. Like to an extent, like there was a period of time where group boards really rocketed people off, right? This was like before I started, but there was like a time where it was like, you could get on a group board and just really like dominate on Pinterest, right? Using that strategy. And as Pinterest adjusted the algorithm and stuff, it's, they reined it in, right? Where it's just like, you can't just get on a group board and get your stuff all over Pinterest immediately anymore. It doesn't work like that. But you can get your pins in front of the people on that board. And when you don't have an audience, that's really important. And people love to go around and, you know, say group boards are dead. They don't work anymore, blah, blah, blah. Those people don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> like, listen, like straight up, you know, and, and you need to be careful about who you take advice from. There's a lot of bad advice in Facebook groups. You guys, well, like a lot of you see me hanging out in Facebook groups. I hang out in the EBA group a lot. I hang out in the Badass Business Babes group a lot. Like I love like connecting and chatting and, and talking to people and seeing what people are doing. Like, you know, I love being online, right? That's like my whole job, right? So I like hanging out in Facebook groups. But there is a lot of bad advice on Facebook groups. I'm very, very, very selective about who I will take actual advice from. You know, and it's people that are much more successful than I am. If someone has not built the business that you want, do not take advice from them. <laughs> so there's a lot of people that run around saying like, oh, group boards are dead. They don't work. They don't have an active Pinterest account. Like, why would you take advice from them? Don't, you know what I mean? So I don't believe that to be true. I think that that's a rumor people love to spread in Facebook groups. And you'll see different rumors like take off in the, in Facebook groups, right? Like, you know, the algorithm is changing. Google's changing the algorithm. Pinterest changing the algorithm. You know, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's like, you know, being attacked on mental health and Pinterest is taking down all the health bloggers' sites and like all this stuff, right? And it's just like, you can't buy into that stuff, you guys. It's like fine to hang out in Facebook groups, but you need to realize like what's actual business advice and, what, and what's for fun and for networking and for just kind of hanging out, right? So don't take like, as I'm in a Facebook group giving you guys advice. <laughs> But you guys know what I mean. Like, you know, people love to say that, that group boards are dead, that you can't get into them anymore, blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't buy into any of that. I don't think any of that is true. And I think those people are missing a big opportunity. That's what I think. And I think, yeah, it takes time to get on group boards. I know it's annoying and I know it's frustrating, but the payout is there. The payout is there. Pinterest is too big of an opportunity to be ignored. It's too big of an opportunity to be ignored. I get over 100,000 page views a month, every single month from Pinterest for free. That's bananas, bananas. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, that is a huge opportunity. And so you have to do everything you can to potentially leverage that traffic. And I think group boards is a great way to do it. And so 
sometimes we have to do things that are hard, that are annoying, that are time suck to get our businesses off the ground. And group boards are kind of one of those things, right? It sucks. It's like, you don't want to message all these people and like do all this stuff. But it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you just got to do it, right? And once you get on good group boards, you know, it'll really help you. And then I think I was talking to Arlen in the comments too about how to use group boards. I'll tell you guys what I do. I can't remember where this question was. Oh, Jen Jennifer asked me, love to know more on group boards as well as what you do to follow in the beginning after finding a few you want to join, what size to keep it to, since some might get lost in the mix. You, this is what I do. I join the group boards, go into Tailwind Analytics, and then go to Board Insight, and then you can rank all of your boards by virality and something else, like pin rate or something. Sort them by that, and then I cut out the bottom boards. If they're not performing, you know, if they're not, look at like what your top board is, like, and that you know, use that as a gauge, like this is a good board. Um, and things that are just way below that that are not performing, do not pin to them. Like this is this whole secret. <laughs> this is the whole secret um, for making group boards work. If you are pinning your pins on the boards that are not performing, Pinterest is gonna think your pins are not good because they're they're like looking at your ratio of your pin being repinned. Does that make sense? So if you keep pinning your pins onto this board and they are not, it's not performing, it's a crappy group board and people aren't active on there and people aren't repinning and you're just pinning your content, pinning your content, pinning your content on there. It's just sitting there and sitting there and sitting there. Pinterest is like, oh, like, you know, this girl's content's not that good. Like, let's like bump her off of the smart feed. And I hated this advice when someone gave it to me. It took me a very long time to take this advice because I worked so hard to get on these group boards. I was like, I'm not deleting them. Like, I don't think so. <laughs> now that you can archive boards and you can keep them, you can like, kind of like tuck them away. So that's a good way to do it. But at the time, like when I was doing this, I had to delete a bunch of group boards. And I did it and I had a really immediate result from it. So now I only pin to my top performing group boards. I don't pin to all of them. I don't pin to, you know, you're much better off pinning to two good group boards than pinning to 12 crappy ones. Does that make sense? You just want, you want to get in as many as you can, but then look at the analytics and just stay in the top handful. Only pin to those top ones. Or you can keep all of them, but only pin your stuff to the top ones. And you can see all that in Tailwind Analytics. So that's how I do it. And that, I think, is really good Pinterest advice. I think I, I can't remember where I learned that. I think in the Pinterest traffic avalanche course. But yeah, only pin to like good group boards. You don't want to be pinning to group boards that are spammy, that have like a lot of garbage content on them. Like look at the feed when you're joining. Like you don't want you don't want to be, you know, in group boards that aren't active. You don't want to be in a board where it's like all your pins because no one else is pinning. You know what I mean? You want to be in good quality active boards. But that is a good way to get your pins in front of a lot more people, right? If you have 400 or 500 followers on Pinterest, but you get on a group board with 5,000 people on it, that's a big difference potentially in making your pins go viral. It's a lot more of a chance that your stuff is going to catch when you're in front of more people. Does that make sense? So that's what I'll say about group boards. Let me know if you guys have any questions about any of this stuff, and I'm happy to answer them.
Okay, awesome. I'm gonna go ahead and go. I'm gonna try and go work at the coffee shop. I might try to go to the gym. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like not feeling it today. But I will talk to you guys soon. I hope you have a great day. If you need anything from me, you know, just tag me in the group. I'm always available to help you guys. And I hope you guys have a great weekend. I'll talk to you guys soon.